Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. All right, guys, here we are. Got this new series we're beginning today called Overcoming Bad Decisions. And I'll tell you, this is something that I feel so, uh, is so significant right now in this time where our country is, in this time, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world around us. And I want you to understand something. It doesn't, you know, however, wherever the country is, it, it doesn't really matter. It cannot dominate our lives. It cannot determine who we are in Jesus. It can't determine the quality of our lives. You know, where this, where our country is going to go uh, over the next several years is, is going to be bad. If you've read the end of the book, it's going to be bad. Now, there's a lot of people who say, oh, no, 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 it's not going to be bad. I've got a prophetic dream. I've got a whatever. Well, let me tell you something. Your prophetic dream does not outweigh the Word of God. You know, we know how everything's going to end. We just don't know the exact timing of it. And, uh, uh, if, you know, if you find yourself wanting to believe things that contradict the Bible, well, I'm sorry, you're going to really end up in a worse mess than, than you could ever imagine. But here's the great thing. Uh, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens around us, the real truth is we are still created in the likeness and the image of God. We can still hear the Spirit of God speaking into our hearts, leading us, showing us the path to walk, showing us the decisions that we need to make. And we can base our decisions on what, on what the Word of God says and how God is speaking that to our heart. Matter of fact, let me just address that for just a few minutes. I was just on the phone just a few minutes ago with one of my really, really close confidant friends, uh, Clint Byers, over, over uh, in uh New, is it noon in Georgia? Just just outside of Atlanta, great church over there, and uh, and and you know we were just we were just kind of talking about uh, some of these great things, and here and so so here here's the, here's the reality of it, um, an overcomer. We talked about overcomers. An overcomer is a person that overcomes whatever obstacle. Is, is coming upon them. Whatever situation is coming upon them, whatever attack is trying to come upon them. And uh, so, you know, the great problem right now, and, you know, Clint is constantly in touch with with, minister, with uh, people there in his church and his community and around the world, and I'm constantly in touch with people all over the world. And um, it's an amazing thing how that... Uh, in truth, most of the people that we counsel with, most of the most of the people that we seek to advise, do not really want to do and follow the Bible prescription for how to come to the place to be an overcomer. You know, we were talking about how that people come to you, their marriage is falling apart, you know, their life is falling apart, they're falling apart financially, all these things are going wrong in their life, and they sit down and it's like, I, I'll do anything, I will do anything. And really, you give them this incredibly simple biblical prescription, and the majority of the time, they walk out the door and they do not do any of it. And, and uh, of course, you know, if you come back and talk to them again, their life is still falling apart and you're, 
And, uh, you know, you're asking them, well, you know, did you do? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, means uh, maybe once or maybe I thought about it or sort of thought about it. So that's close enough to doing it, right? And it's amazing how many people that, you know, they categorize themselves as Christians. I'm not doubting that they're Christians, but I'm just saying how many people that categorize themselves as Christians that absolutely, number one, they do not know what the Bible says uh, about anything. But number two, even when you tell them that's not what they're going to do. Now, when we make decisions, there's two or three factors that, that come into play when we make decisions. And, uh, and this is really important. This, this is foundational to everything I'm going to be teaching you in this series. Everything that's happening in your life at, at this moment or at any moment is to some degree related to a very specific decision that you made. Now, people are like, so you're saying I caused this. Well, I, I, I'm not saying you caused it, but I'm saying that you you got where you are because that because you made decisions. And of course, you know, uh, people always want to find and believe doctrines that have that keep keep them from having to be responsible. And so, you know, all of this doctrine about the devil and how powerful he is, none of that's true, none of that's in the Bible. And the devil being able to force you to do anything is not in the Bible. The devil speaking into your mind, that's not in the Bible. There's a lot of things we talk about the devil that came out of books that other people wrote, that came out of Dante's Inferno, but they, but, but they didn't come out of the Bible. And, but here's one of the interesting things with these types of doctrines. They are bases for uh, rejecting personal responsibility. Now, as a believer, as a child of God, one of the most spiritual things that ever happens in our life is choosing to understand and accept personal responsibility. Now, sadly, when you start talking to people about personal responsibility, most people immediately go to something negative. So you're saying it's my fault. No, we're not talking about fault. We're talking about responsibility. Everything that comes into or is sent out of your life is your responsibility because responsibility, see, uh, uh, fault is about who are we going to blame? Who are we going to penalize? Who are we going to criticize because of what's gone wrong in our life? That's not, I'm not interested in that. That's not what I want you to walk away from this message with. Responsibility uh, answers this question. Who has the authority, in other words, the right, and the responsibility to take action to change what's happening in your life. Now, many people say, well, you know, uh, 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 the, God, uh, God has that responsibility. No, he doesn't. Absolutely not. God does not have that responsibility. You have that responsibility because he gave you that responsibility. Now, those of you that follow me, you've heard me say this so many times, you're probably sick of it. You know, the first two pillars of faith are rooted in believing exactly what the Bible says about how God created the world. If you do not believe that, then the rest of the Bible is a myth. Because if, if you turn create the creation account into a myth, then the rest of the Bible is a myth. And you can reject anything that you want in the rest of the Bible. And there are all kinds of very, very significant factors that happen in the Word of God that, is, that are all related to our concept of uh, creation. 
So God created the world and he did it through a process of believing something in his heart and speaking from his heart with the intention of it coming to pass. That's it. And he, and we, we really, there is all kinds of science out there, by the way, very meaningful science that shows us that the world was created and or the universe was created and that it was done in six 24-hour days. There's incredible amount of science out there, but it's all overlooked. It's all rejected by the academic community because the academic community does not want you to believe that God created the world. But anyhow, I could spend days talking about that. So <clears throat> then, based on how God created the world, then God created mankind, which eventually became man and woman, but he created mankind uh, in his likeness and image. Now, God is sovereign. Sovereign does not mean that God is in control of everything. That's we, we twisted that concept. Sovereign means that God does what he does without the influence of any outside sources. In other words, nobody makes God do anything any particular way. God does everything he does based on his character, based on his, his nature, based on his truth that he has that he has revealed to us. So we're created in the likeness and image of God. We are sovereign, therefore. And that means that n nobody can make us do anything. Nobody, nobody, we make our own choices. Now, people might put pressure on us, and because of our lack of self-worth, because of our connection to God, we may make choices that other people try to force on us, but they don't really force them on us. They just manipulate us or they just appeal to our weaknesses or our fears. And for whatever reason, we choose to make the decisions that other try, people try to pressure us to. But really the truth is they can't, they're never making us. We are always choosing them. Now, every decision that you make is going to be based on uh, an array of beliefs in your heart. And one of the things that the Bible teaches very plainly, very clearly, your life can get no better or no worse than the beliefs of your heart. Because Proverbs chapter 4 tells us that it says, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, with all vigilance, above all that you guard, because out of it flow all the issues of life. And that word issues is the word boundaries. So every boundary that says how great your life can get, how bad your life can get, those are boundaries. Every boundary in your life is is determined by the beliefs of your heart. And if you follow our ministry very long, you understand that when we develop people, when we help people become disciples of the Lord Jesus, you know, that is that is kind of ground zero. Everything's got to happen from your heart or it's not real. It's, uh, if you don't believe something in your heart, it doesn't produce a bound, good boundary. It doesn't produce a bad boundary. It's just, it's just something that's there. So anyhow, God created us in his own likeness and image. And we are sovereign, therefore, therefore we always have the freedom and the responsibility of making a choice. And when we have that freedom or responsibility of making a choice, then we are going to make every choice, every decision that we make based on, like I say, what we believe, based on the current information that we are embracing in our mind and, and, and the beliefs of our heart. And then once we make a decision, that is actually a form of exercising authority as a believer. So once we make a decision, we have used our authority 
everything in us starts moving toward the fulfillment of that decision. Everything around us starts moving toward the fulfillment of that decision. And, you know, we're going to get into this thing about how we make uh, uh, irrational, emotional decisions. And we don't, you know, after it's over and we don't feel that way anymore, you know, we, we feel like, okay, then that, that, that don't count because I didn't mean it. Well, you know what? That's really not what the Bible teaches, you know. Unless you make other decisions to change the bad, destructive decisions that you make, then the real truth is that decision is going to keep uh, coming to pass in your life. It's going to keep playing out in your life over and over again. And then you're going to have to come up with some way to explain this. Well, let me back up. You can either accept responsibility and you can learn how to do heart work. You can learn how to get in touch with your heart. By the way, we have a 30-day life transformation program called Essential Heart Physics where we take people and every single day we provide training and development so they come to learn to hear and recognize the voice of God in their heart and learn how to persuade their heart so that they can believe the word of God and it's a 30-day program it takes a lot a lot of commitment here but if that's something you're interested in be sure and check it out as heart physics you can get there through heartphysics.com you can get there through going to drjimrichards.com and then looking up heart physics but heartphysics.com is a straight route to there so you, you know you, you you may want to check that out we have worked with tens of thousands of people around the world and have t people who have totally transformed their life by really getting control of their heart and guarding their heart and establishing their heart and persuading their heart the way the Bible, you know, tells us, tells us to do it. Now, doctrine, like so much doctrine, I call it, I call it circum, uh, a circumstance theology. So many times when when what we know that the Bible says is true is not working in our life, we don't, we don't understand why it's not working. And we don't know what the Bible tells us about the heart. We don't, you know, uh, I'll have people come in that have had problems, a particular problem for 50 years. And I'll take them through a 20-minute heart physics exercise. And, and boom, suddenly they know exactly the, how old they were. Uh, the situation and everything that was involved with them making a particular decision that even though they made that decision when they were 10 years old, uh, 50 years has gone by, it's still affecting their life because it was a decision that they made that, that, that they continued to move in. They continued to walk in until it did become a belief of their heart. And once it become a belief of the heart, that's their boundary. That's, that's, that's the target that their whole life is, is aimed toward. And so, and so here's the thing. One bad decision can set your life off incredibly. I mean, it can, it can take you down a road you never intended to walk and can put you in situations you never believed you'd have to experience. But see, we want to come up with a theology that justifies why we're in this problem. So once you have a good enough excuse, here's what happens. You kind of soothe your conscience a little bit. And you have some kind of rational, internal dialogue that you can talk to yourself and feel better about why you're living these through this horrible experience. Um, but the problem is, once you have an excuse, you've pretty much locked yourself in. As long as you have that excuse, you will never escape that problem. You will never escape 
that decision that you made. And again, everything that happens in our life happens around decisions. Some of them are decisions that we intend to make. Some of them are decisions that we didn't realize we were making. Some of them are decisions that we made in a moment of heated passion, a lot of decisions. You know what? One of my favorite characters in the Bible, as with many people, is, uh, is King David. Now, I mean, you, know, you read about King David's life, man, and you know, King David wrote the most so much of the psalms and and all the things about having intimacy with God but King David really had some personal struggles you know I remember one time I was preaching a message in a church and in, in uh, South Carolina and this was be back about about seven, 1975 or 1976 uh, and so I went in and my you know my introductory remarks for the sermon I was going to preach I said listen I'm you know, I'm, I'm struggling right now because I just got news of, of someone that I really, really respected, you know, that was a powerful man of God and and really uh, very, very, very influential all over the world. And I said, and actually recently, he just released a book, and this book really is, is like probably the best-selling Christian book in America right now. And I said, I'm really, really struggling about two things. Number one, should I should I expose this guy because man, I, I have personal intimate uh, knowledge of the fact that he is in he's in sin. He's messed up. He I mean, I, you just can't even believe it. And I said, and then plus, you know, his book is all about being intimate with God and being connected to God. I said it just seems like total hypocrisy. And I said, I, I just I, I said I'm just don't I, I just don't know what to do. And I said, you know, uh, uh, do, do I need to expose this this person so that nobody will read his book? And everybody's like, yeah, we need to know. <laughs> you know what? I'm so, you know, I just, I, I said, I don't want to attack this guy. So he's done a lot of things for God, but, but I, I don't know. So no, no, we need to know. You owe it to us to tell us. So man, I, man, they were vehement that I needed to tell them who this guy was and what this book was. And I said, well, okay. I said, I'm uncomfortable doing this, but I'm going to tell you, this man's name was King David and the book is the book of Psalms and it's, he's one of the most influential people in the Bible as far as showing us the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said so I guess you just need to rip all of those Psalms all those pages about David out of your Bible because he made a mistake made some bad decisions got in trouble. You know people don't even know what to do with that. You know, uh, when you start talking about grace and mercy and ki loving kindness, people think, oh, you just overlook something. No, no, you never overlook something. You deal with it. And But then people think that when you start talking about dealing with something, that you're getting into judgment and criticism and rejection. No, no, there is... There is, a, there is this place of personal responsibility where we own the thing that we chose. But here's the key thing you're going to learn today and from this series. We don't, but we, we don't just earn, I mean, we don't just own the things that we have chosen. We own the consequences of the things we have chosen instead of blaming it on the devil, blaming it on God, blaming it on whatever we just own it and say, this is the consequences that I'm facing. So David, as you know, man, he is the man after God's own heart. He is the man that gave us so many messianic prophecies. He is a man that taught us how to be intimate with God. And But David, 
made a decision and that decision led to another decision that decision led to another decision and so he made one bad decision that led to bad decision after bad decision which is what happens and ultimately it became something that brought more pain and suffering into his life than anything that had ever happened now his his first bad decisions is that the bible tells us at the time of the year that that the armies went out to war for whatever reason instead of leading the armies he chose to stay behind uh you know i that was one of those things he might should have prayed through you know i, I can't fully say that was a bad decision. I can say that eventually it became a bad decision. But I can tell you this, one of the things I've learned about walking with God, as long as I am about God's business, as long as I am pursuing those things that I know God has put in front of me to pursue, I really don't struggle much you know, with, with being tempted to do weird things or, or, or I don't find myself, you know, getting into things that will later become destructive. And so, so you know, you always want to you always want to be walking with God. You always want your not just, you know, your connection to God, but you want your walk with God to be up to date and you want to be following God where he's leading you at this very moment. So first thing, David didn't go out and lead his armies. So the second thing that happened was David goes up on the top of his, uh, of his palace, I guess it would be, and he looks across the way and he sees this beautiful young girl bathing. And so we're assuming that she was naked. Now, you know, you think about that and you say, you know, Bathsheba had to have known, or you would think she would have had to know that David was up there. But one thing for sure, David knew that she was there he didn't turn away. He didn't go guard his heart. He didn't go deal with his temptation. But, you know, uh, I'm assuming that every day about bath time, he just said, you know, I believe I'll go, I believe I'll go and take a walk up on the roof, see what's going on. So, you know, day after day, he, he made that decision. So day after day, he puts himself in a place of temptation until finally he succumbs to temptation. Well, well Bathsheba's husband was actually out to war with the army where David should have been. So her, her husband had gone out. And so David ends up committing adultery with her. And so, you know, then he's struggling with this whole thing, with his guilt, with his shame and everything. And, you know, he probably thought, you know what, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to get in this again. But the problem was, see, once you, once you make a decision, you never, you never know where that decision is going to land you. You know, the Bible talks about that the, that, that the, that the, the, the deceitfulness of sin is the hardness of heart. So once you commit sin, you don't realize that it starts affecting your heart, which is the seat of your understanding. It's the seat of your perceptions. It's the seat of your self-confidence. It's the seat of your self-worth. It's the seat of how you see God, how you see yourself. And so every time you give in to sin, it hardens your heart. And the problem with a hard heart is once you start down that path, you really never know where it's going to end. You, you never know when or if you're going to pull yourself out of it or if you're going to, you know, if you're going to destroy your life. And You just never know. You just never know. And that's, that is the deceitfulness of sin. You never know because of the effect that it has on your heart. So the problem is David's ready to break this thing off and find out she's pregnant. So now that she's pregnant, this is the king of Israel, supposed to be the spiritual leader next to the high priest. 
And uh, so, so he's got a woman outside of marriage that he's committed adultery with that, uh, that, that's, going to bring, that, that's going to bring a child forth, and this is going to be a scandal. And by the way, let me say something. You know, I, I, recently I was trying to help a minister and help him understand that he was in immorality because he was asking, uh, in this case, I don't know if he's done it more than once, but in this particular case, a woman who really had some needs came to him. She was vulnerable, codependent, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, you know how that all happens. And suddenly she's thinking he's Mr. Wonderful, and and so he starts requesting her to send some, you know, some what I would consider to be pornographic pictures through text message. So the next thing you know, man, they're they're swapping pictures and talking about stuff they ain't got no business talking about. Now, what was what was two things that were really interesting? You know, I didn't beat the guy up. I did rebuke him, and I rebuked him with the fact that look, you you're in the ministry. You every day you're going to come in contact with vulnerable people. You cannot take advantage of vulnerable people like this. And his reply his reply was, "We are two consenting adults, so it's not wrong." So if two people get together and agree to commit murder, does that keep it from being wrong? You know, so, so you know, that, that is just nonsense. It doesn't matter that you're two consenting adults. But here's something really interesting. The majority of people, and I think with this individual, majority of people think that adultery is when you have sex out, uh, out uh, with a married person. Well, the truth is adultery doesn't matter if both of you are single if you have sex you committed adultery. And so it's going to affect you. It doesn't, it's going, it's going to affect you. It's going to corrupt you. But fornication, and, and people think that fornication is when single people have sex. No, the word fornication is the word from which we get pornography. Fornication is when you provoke or stir up sexual feelings in another person that you do not have the biblical right to fulfill. So, 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 you know, uh, sexting is a type of pornography, which is a type of fornication, which corrupts your heart. It hardens your heart. You'll end up doing some, something you shouldn't do. So most of you know this story. So, so David then eventually develops this plan to make sure that Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba, is killed in battle, and then they get married. Now, for the rest of David's life, he faces all kinds of difficulties, political difficulties, personal attacks, and, and you know people trying to kill him, all this kind of stuff. But what's interesting is almost every one of those situations uh, came to him because of the decision that he made to get into sin uh, with Bathsheba. And I can't go into it. We're just about out of time for today. But... Absalom, David's son, raised a rebellion against him and was able to turn the hearts of Israel against him and was able to turn his staff against him. And basically, they put together this scheme and this plan to overthrow the kingdom. Now, God had appointed David as king. God had put him there in that ministry. But I got news for you. When you mess up, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the calling is, is without repentance. God doesn't change his mind about the calling, but you can mess up your calling 
uh, to such a degree that nobody has, has confidence in you, or even more than that, that people want you out of the ministry. They want, or people want you out of their friendship, or people want you out of their world. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen. And so at the end of the day, the reason that, uh, that all of these people turned their backs on David and actually raised up a rebellion to overthrow his kingdom and, uh, and turn it over to Absalom was because they were still angry at the decision that he had made. So, you know, people are going to make decisions. People are going to make their decisions about your decisions. And, you know, you can't run around saying, oh, this is the devil attacking me. Oh, this is God punishing me. All that kind of stuff is what, you know what? This is what the Bible calls reaping what you sow. And I want to show you how to overcome these destructive things that are happening in your life because of your bad decisions. So be sure and join me next week. And I'm going to tell you something. We're going to take you on a journey. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.